WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosie. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosie. Hello there, film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocy, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast and is also available on iTunes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is a film sociology Thanksgiving tradition, an epic chat about film and food and uh, medical checkups recently and family uh, with Chef Danny Boom. How are you, Danny? Hey, Matt. How's it going? It's all right. Five years running. It's five years. <laughs> five years in a row. <laughs> Uh, the the fact that you spend your part of your Thanksgiving festivities with this show is is mind boggling, and we appreciate it. Well, Megan, my wife, she just says uh, if it's uh, Sosi, then you got to go. Like, like, <laughs> everything drops. It, it's it's always all right. Full disclosure: uh, his, his lovely wife is is the the greatest, uh, the best looking Red Wings fan I know, and Danny is my favorite Maple Leaf, and we'll just kind of leave it at that. So yeah, well, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, she's she, she yeah she 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 looks okay and she's okay. You know, I, I mean, I, I can't. Ch- I try to bring her over to the blue side, but she's firmly on the red side. So can't can't do much about that. But I've got a chance with the kids. That's a good thing. You know, you, I mean? you mean you haven't split them yet? No, uh, she tried. She tried the indoctrination <laughs> process, and then uh, but I, I just weren't having any of it. So um, you know. Uh, my old my old film show producer and his wife they have uh, they have separate football teams and I used to say that their their imaginary sitcom produced by ESPN would be called I Love You Your Team Sucks. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. But you know the funny thing is that this is the only sport in this house that we disagree on. So really, you know, like uh, oh yeah, okay. Because yeah, football football I could not give two two monkeys for, <laughs> and uh, baseball. Well, I'm a Blue Jays fan, um, but. Really, baseballs, base, baseball. Yeah, I have a bit of a funny thing about like it's like saying is gymnastics a sport, okay? Because people judge it. Right. And so when you look at baseball uh, and football, well, football is in slow motion all the time. Nothing really ever happens. Only in college football. So I can't really get excited about it, you know. Okay. And then baseball is like the the summer version. It's just it's good for a beer and it's uh, good for a chat. And but I don't really sp- understand spending five hundred dollars to go sit and have a beer and a chat. So I'll go to the bar, and if it's on, I'll watch it, type of thing, you know. So uh, it, it's it's just a I, I just it's just never something I've never really been able to ingrain it. And basketball, I didn't even know they still played that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. oh, that's good. All right. Well, so yeah. um, what did you guys do for Thanksgiving? How big how big a crowd did you have yesterday? Uh, yesterday, well, we had a we actually um, so we moved so last year when we spoke, we just had a baby. Yes. And uh, so Theo and Remy actually have the same birthday. Uh, they're born on the same day. Wow. Three years apart. Uh, yeah, which is crazy. So last year, my mom was here helping with the baby. And this year, we actually were able to be grown-ups. And uh, and the kids are a little, like, Remy's older and Theo's hit one. So so we've got our friends and they came over. So we had about, we had about 10, 10, 12 people. And it was really nice. It was really, really, really fast as well. I just I had to crack up because I'm I'm really glad I'm talking to Indianapolis radio because if I was in New York right now, I can't say what I'm going to say, but it's just nice when people know when to leave. 
you know they've yes. they've, had a, they've had the they've had a good time they've had the feed uh the, the, we've we had, we you know shot the shot what's going on in the world the kids had a great time and i cooked i gotta say my turkey this year like many years uh, the, you know i have to say i did such a good job i love it when <laughs> the turkey just literally i literally pull it by the skeleton and it falls off the bone yes like it it disintegrates and uh this year it was brilliant and i did something different we did a uh i did a, a ginger beer infused orange glaze Ooh. um and uh, and and I did that with time and uh, and I, I don't know why I, I just played around with it a little bit more. So this year the, the, I managed to get the crispiness on the outside, but the the beautiful like melt in the mouth turkey um, that I didn't even have to baste, which is just fantastic. So that came out really great. So I was a hero once more uh, for Thanksgiving. So I couldn't uh, not complain. Did you have? Did you use uh, alcoholic or non-alcoholic ginger beer? Alcoholic. Okay. I wasn't sure if that had a burning thing to it. No, it, it's. Um, I think what I found is it actually helps inf- infuse the the gravy better mm-hmm. because there's something to, there's something that lingers. Where when you use a non-alcoholic, um, it, it just evaporates everything. Like really, the flavor evaporates off pretty quickly. So um, I mean, I've been playing around a lot in the kitchen. So it's been uh, infusions been one of the things we've been trying to teach at the Gastronauts Academy. So. Um, I've been playing around with those type of things a lot to teach, so I learned a lot uh, via through tea or through beer or through coffee. It's been been kind of interesting the last couple of months. So I learned that and I put it into my turkey. Well, we'll, we'll get to gastronauts in a little bit, but I, I would say, Danny, I think yeah. because you're because you are who you are, you call it playing around. But if it's, if it's you know schlubs like us, that's like a major crapshoot when it comes to dinner. Well, you don't. Well, the thing is, are you what was it? Fortune favors the bold. Mm-hmm. You know, and I believe um, the one thing is I'm not really you, you got to be not afraid to make mistakes in the holidays because I think you put too much. I, I mean, I, I did a, uh, a Facebook video about this just a couple of days ago, and it's we put too much pressure on ourselves. There's like it's we're not cooking for Gordon Ramsay or the Michelin star group or the James Beard Foundation or Bon Appetit. You're mm-hmm. just cooking for your family for one day, and if they can't be thankful enough that you cooked the dinner then they should pack up and move out. You know what I mean? So, um, and I, I kind of believe that is like, uh, I, I don't know if it's if it's Instagram, this Instagram-worthy thing or this uh, hipster mentality where we, we have to try constantly to impress and or to, to infuse um, some sort of uniqueness to what you're doing. But really, at the end of the day, just go roll the dice and see yep. how it comes out. I mean, at the end of the day, you ain't going to, no one's going to, no, well, if you fail, then you fail, but you ain't going to ruin the day because people have probably never tried what it comes out. As long as it's not burnt, you should be, you should be happy. We, know? we had a, we actually had an incident uh, at my house yesterday. Uh, my, my buddy Mark did the bird and he put it in a, right. br- he did a brine and, oh. and uh, yes, he, he used the brine of peppercorns and some other liquids. He, he got it from somebody named Brown. I, I forget anyway. But, uh, uh, but when, he, when we wound up ma- cooking the bird, we went to carve it, and it was a little, a little pink on the inside. Mm-hmm. So we wound up, and, of course, he was stressed out. So we wound up uh, quartering it and then putting it back in the oven, and it was fine. It was fine, but yeah, I think, yeah. but we, I had to, I had to tell him, and, and kind of to back up what you're saying, it's dinner, it's not a Norman Rockwell painting. Exactly, exactly. But I think, you know, the other thing is, and I, and I, uh, I always get very frustrated this time of year because what we forget is, like, I know there's, I know there's more than one way to skin a cat, but I'm probably, I think there's too many ways to, to cook a turkey. I think, I think there's so many things out there. I mean, I have never brined a turkey in my life. You don't need to. Um, because the turkey's already pre-brined. Like, mm-hmm. how do you think a turkey gets that big? That, that you know, <laughs> we, we, if, if you've got a, if you've come from the farm, then you, I would suggest you probably might need to, you know, uh, add a few some things to it. But if it comes from the store, it's already got a lot of injected uh, fluid in into it because they have to keep the turkey preserved and, and plump and and etc. 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 I mean, that's when you cook something, you see that white film come out. That's yes. the brine. Yeah. So when you um, so what I always think is is and like Meg always cracks me up because she's we are the biggest oh we're like Tom and Jerry in the kitchen it's, it's crazy because we are constantly um, 
I think, you know, like my, I used to say to my mum, I used to say to my mum, she used to look over my shoulder and go, well, I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> I said, well, are you cooking it? <laughs> and she goes, no. I said, well, you're not going to see, you've got nowhere to, nowhere to go on that. Well, Meg, she's similar, but she's also very, very good at the sauce end, and she's got a really good palate. So when I'm cooking something, she's like, well, uh, you know, have you let it rest a lot? Have you, have you brined it? Have you, I mean, have you basted it? And it's like, well, if you cook it right, you don't even have to baste it. So what, what I do is I actually, um, and this may be good for any point of the holidays, is when you're dealing with like heavy birds, um, uh, dense animals, um, you, you always want to stick a, a lot of butter in it. Like get the knife, poke it, and then put your herbs under the skin, put the butter under the skin, yep. and let that do the work. And then um, I always use a te- what they call a tent, so that's the, a foil um, lid over the top. And then, like I did with my infusion, I just added half a beer, and the gravy turned out amazing. And mm. the, and what it is is you just don't want it to burn. You need to keep it steamed, and you need to keep it fresh. Um, what you don't need dry heat around the animal or the product. So I even stuff it with food. Uh, excuse me, food. Of course, <laughs> food. Um, I stuff it with fruit. Yes. So I do apples and oranges, and even a grapefruit. So that adds to the sauce, but also um, hydrates and steams the inside cavity. So it's like doing a beer can chicken, but with fruit. Yes, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I've I've done beer can chicken, but and and with, with what you were talking about, that's got to be a fascinating gravy when you uh, when you uh, add to it. Yeah, and it, well, it is because the other thing is with, with turkey, especially it's very. I mean, you forget how fatty it is. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff just drained off, and there's no flavor into it. So you have to infuse the flavor. It's not like chicken, where chicken actually has a natural flavor. When something's too much of something, you have to add to it or take a little bit away. To, to then bring in, you need acids, you need um, a little, maybe a little sugar in there, just to, just to bring the flavor up in, in the sauce. So, and that's where Meg came in. So I've got to say, I've sort of learned, uh, you know, as, as a man, you know, when you get married, you've got to learn how to live with each other. And the thing that I've learned the most is when it comes to doing the sauce, I stand back and I let her get on with it because she's amazing at it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she really, and so I, I, I put all the foundation in there and she finished it off. She brought, she brought it home for us. Very good. Yeah. Very good. We yeah we uh we have our 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 go to stable. We we had a couple different families at the house today yesterday, and mine was a we always do a bacon gouda mashed potato. Oh my god! Yeah, that that's now, do you do them as do you do them as like a baked potato and then stuff them with the gouda and wrap? No 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 no. We we uh we uh, grate up smoked gouda and we cook yeah. uh, uh more more pig than we probably should and uh, <laughs> cut that up and then just mix it in. Mixing it in the mashed potatoes, yeah. So, I, I, I'm I'm a mashed potato over stuffing guy, and when people say that, I went, you you don't have bacon and gouda in yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I, the thing is, I don't get stuffing. I don't get. I mean, make 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 the big deal about it the other day, and it's like, well, well what does it do? It doesn't. It's, it's just a filler. And I'd rather make a uh, like a popover, a Yorkshire pudding, mm-hmm. uh, or a really good side like you did. You know, like that 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 to me that. Oh, I think I think you won't get rid of me. If, uh, if I came over for Thanksgiving dinner. No, no, it'd be fine. All right, so now, what do you do with your leftovers, and how long do you think your leftovers will last? Um, well, your leftovers should last about five days. Okay. If five days, uh, or if you freeze it, obviously. But I, ha- I do have the claim to having the number one um, leftover search on Google, Google for 10 years running. Did you know that? No, how did you, how did you find this out? Analytics, my friend. Analytics. Um, You're a baseball so, guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a money ball. I like the money ball. Guy, but but um, no, my uh, so you know, obviously because of being in media and stuff, we you know we track all these type of things, and it was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I've written a lot of a lot of recipes that have been published, but the one thing that my bubble and squeak recipe gets used at this time of year like crazy. It's it's. People are searching for something, and you look for Danny Boone Bubble and Squeak, mm-hmm. or Thanksgiving leftovers, and it'll pop up on the Food Network website straight away. It's the, and I got to say, to me, when we did it, no one had ever heard of Bubble and Squeak in the US. And so, what Bubble and Squeak is is in the UK, um, it's kind of like what you would eat. Uh, so, the tradition in Britain is Sunday lunch, yeah. and it's the only time the family get together. They have a roast dinner, which is to either um, shoulder of pork leg of lamb or a chicken and it's it, and everybody comes around and it's like you go around granny's and you have that 
and it's uh, and then what do you do in the evening? So basically, people take the mashed potato, um, the greens, and they chop it all up. They take the bacon, the meat, and everything, and they make potato cakes out of it. And then you fry that off, and it's um, and it's called bubble and squeak because it bubbles and it squeaks yep. when it cooks. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, so that when I brought that over ten years ago, people were like, "Wow, what was that all about, Boomy?" And now it's um, still every Thanksgiving we get like we get like a hundred thousand hits on it a year. Nice, so it's pretty cool. In fact, I just yeah, just did a search and there it is, boom, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so how 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 many days can you handle bubble and squeak? Ah, well, um, the thing is, see, if you, this is the trick. You shouldn't have that much leftovers, mm-hmm. and this is this is what I, I was trying to explain. Um, I try to explain it in when we when we're teaching or at work or anything you're doing is you, you just want to make enough. So like we went through, we had nine people yesterday, and I only bought only bought a seven and a half pound bird mm. because not everybody you, you can't. There's only so much you can eat, and the same with the sides. So I, I figured out that like we've, we've got nine people. Five of those are adults. Four of those are kids. Uh, let's say um, the kids are going to eat uh, not even a third of a portion that he's, uh, the, the adults are going to eat. So you just you just have to sort of balance it out. And and um, and we made and I believe in little and often as well. So I sort of tried to encourage that. My friend Junior who came over, though he had two plates, and I've never seen. He's, I mean, he's a man mountain in the first place. But I've never seen anyone put away food like he did yesterday. It was crazy. So. Um, but I, I I do believe that you shouldn't have that much left over. Okay. You should have two desserts, and you should have that. So what I would say is, if you're going to la- keep going and keep going, is you can do you could freeze it uh, and make soups out of it. That's a, a big favorite. A turkey stew and dumplings is another great one. Um, and I basically get prepared. I generally take my Thanksgiving deal if I do have leftovers, and that'll last me the whole winter. I'll make either a stew or a soup that day, and then freeze it and then that's me good for the rest of the winter i uh i have i'm, I'm working on plans for the leftovers i had a uh there, we have a brewery here in uh in my in my town uh oh, ca- God bless you. yeah called new boswell <laughs> and this summer they put out a limited edition you know so one of those it's a beer bottle but with a cork you know the big ones right of a yeah. of a wheat double IPA and uh, the guy behind the bar told me there was a guy who, who would buy a couple of bottles of this and save it to make uh, to make soup with leftovers for right. Thanksgiving right. So, so I'm going to try that with uh, with one of the bottles so yeah but a wheat double IPA which I don't think I've ever had before um, that would be pretty heady I can imagine um, but you know what would go really well with that is mm-hmm. your smoke gouda yes is, is, yeah that would be brilliant um and anything with smoked gouda and and bacon and potato, I think you're you're got a, you're a winning soup mm-hmm. right there. If you had the beer to it, my friend. <laughs> now I was saying, now would you? Because I, I, I tend to think more of uh, browns and porters and stouts when it comes to making stews and soups like that. Um, right. Do you have a beer that you um, like to work with? Well, I I do. Um, so I sort of like there's a where is it? It's called uh, Old Speckled Hen. Yeah. Which is a yeah. I've heard of it. That is, I think that's one of my favorite um, favorite beers to, to, to cook with because it, it actually had like a, a sweet raisiny um, aftertaste to it. Mm-hmm. So generally when you, dip, you cook with darker beers, it, it has that caramelly flavor, but sometimes it's a bit more irony to it. And I like, I like to balance it with a bit of sweet. So that's what the old speckled hen was great for. Um, but I, I got to say, we've been really into Belgians. Uh, uh, well, we we really love Belgian brews, so we do a lot of import. But there's a Canadian, French Canadian, uh, Belgian uh, tapist brew, which is a, they do a dark and a light, mm-hmm. and it's called Fin de Monde, and or the end of the world, and um, that is a beautiful amber. And that beer, I got to say, we cooked, we made fondue with that last mm. winter, and I and I have to say that was. Uh, a winning, winning, winning combination. It was smooth, and it was. It, but it, it gave you the. It lifted. It gave it. It had chestnut. It had. Um, it sort of had this caramelly sense to it, but in a fondue that was with Gruyere and and uh, and a little bit of Gouda and a little bit of Emmental. I gotta say, I, that was 
amazing for me. I would say um, I, you made it with cheese. Could that also work in a chocolate fondue? Um, well, you know what? I would use port in a chocolate fondue. Okay. If I was going to do cheese. All right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, because you, you need you need the you need some. I mean, it, the problem with uh, when you make chocolate fondue is you use um, sixty to eighty five percent. Um, dark chocolate anyway because of the, the burn point on it but if you add the port um it would give you um so, like a rich berry flavor so it's really you have to look at the complement points i even would even use a shot of espresso yeah that might be an even nice point absolutely yeah okay um shifting gears a little bit did i see you hawking stuff on the tally recently <laughs> yeah i don't know if i can say that on pbs though um <laughs> yeah I can tell you what you can and can't say on PBS, trust me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've just done a deal with um, uh, Gotham Steel, and we're I'm now their new uh, national and international spokesman. So, and they're really, really cool because they they are the fastest growing um, cookware brand in the country at the moment, and they actually have the best patented non-stick uh, and PF, uh, BO, and EO. Um, so it's non-toxic. It's it's purely it's really, really good, and it's affordable. So that's it's brilliant. So they're going to be sponsoring the Gastronauts Academy uh, for the next two years as, as well. So um, it's, that's kind of cool. Okay, we, because I saw you on that, I, was, I have to ask: Do you have you are you familiar with the film Joy? Yes, and the, this is the crazy thing. Yes, it's so funny because uh, while I was, I saw what you were referring to. I was on HSN, and um, and Joy was. She was discovered on HSN. Yep. Um, and the guy that discovered her um, was actually handling me that day. Does he look like Bradley uh, Cooper? No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he looks a bit more like Bob Barker. <laughs> but um, but I got to say, he he was a tremendously insightful individual. Like, I mean, I don't know if you. I mean, this is the interesting thing, and and this is the cool thing about America, is how. Somebody can have an idea and invent something, and then there's always somewhere that you can sell it. Yep. And and, and the way um, and this guy, his name's Bob as well, who actually started HSM. He was a radio DJ uh, in the like late seventies, and um, one of the commercial uh, the people who had a commercial on there um, couldn't afford to to pay for their advert on the radio station, so they said, well whatever you're selling what we'll do is we'll try and sell it for ourselves and then people can come to the station and pick it up right mm -hmm. and so how what bob did was he had this green can opener and he had about a thousand green can openers let's say that and in a month he sold a thousand green can openers over the radio by describing what it does what it looks like um, the noise it makes, and people were so intrigued, they'd just come down and for five bucks they'd buy their green can open. Sure. And so you're talking, you know, uh, nearly uh, 45 years later, uh, they're now, you know, they've just been taken over by QVC, but they are a powerhouse. And the, the story of Joy was she was somebody who had a great idea and went out on a limb, created it. And and I, I it's just such a fabulous story, and it's like it is that American dream point. Yep. The American dream, I think, used to be uh, come home from the war, buy, get get credit, get a get a get a super duper car and a and a fridge, get your kids in college and pay for it for the rest of your life. I think the modern version of the American dream is is, is chase your dream and make sure um, that they, someone can listen to you and you've got somewhere to to, to, to preach it. Yep, and uh, and thank God for HSN and QVC because if you didn't have those, there'd be a lot of people. I mean, it's seriously. I'm in, I'm involved with the company called Emerson, who uh, who are the as seen on TV, and 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 they they take on 150 patents a year of unique inventions. So it's amazing that these people, you know, like you can see, who who is the guy that thought of having a hose pipe that would collapse and, and expand and mm -hmm. just fit in your garage? And, and there's engineers and there's people that are just dawdling at that, you know, doing doodles in their, in their office cubicle, and one day that they get discovered, and and it it may be the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or it may be just seeing the realization of your dream. It's amazing. Yep. So speaking of dreams, how are things going at the Gastronauts Academy? Where it's slow. Um, it, and as so tomorrow's Saturday, right? So Saturday's small business day with American Express. And I've got to tell you this: it's uh, running your own business is the hardest thing 
<laughs> hardest, hardest thing you could ever imagine to do. And I'm very, very lucky that I have other little outlets of uh, things that I do. But the, the Gashons Academy, we started off really, really well last year. Um, and then halfway through, we sort of had to take a pivot because you, you realize, oh, this isn't working, that's working. Where do, where do we go from here? How do we, how do we expand? How do we, you know, figure out our ways? So, so we took, um, we, we, we were sold out completely up till June. And then because summer hit, I think that's, we had a, a bit of a dip, mm-hmm. but now we're building up for 2018 and we're actually part, we're, we've taken a, a back the, the one night classes and we're now doing more uh, seminar classes and weeks and months because that's where people, we're, we're really aiming for the gap year market, mm-hmm. which uh, gap year sabbaticalist retirees, they, they want to learn skills, they want to have, have the time, they have the money and they want to have the direction. So we're able to actually teach you a skill and then help you. If you want to go traveling, we can find you accommodation or even a job. Um, if you want to go be a, uh, like a ski, like work, do a ski season in Switzerland, we can get you a job in a hotel or we could even help you find accommodation or, or people to actually nurture your, your skills that you've learned to progress them progress them through so you can keep learning and use it as a tool as you're traveling um and the other big the big news at the moment that i'm working with is i'm working with the ymca right now to build um franchises uh in the ymca so we can teach health and we can teach skills in the ymca through the gastronauts academy excellent excellent yeah and uh, what i mean what is you so you, you've mentioned before you do you can do anything as far as cooking or coffees or cocktails we yeah we do we teach cooking baking baristing brewing and farming yeah Whew. and uh how often do you get to run one of those um, I, I do. That's a very good question. Thank you, Matt. That's a very, very good question. I'll key me up on this one. I, do, I generally do. Um, I do one in. I do about three and five uh, a month. So, okay. Yeah, and then we have a tours as well. So we, we did. Um, we went out to Italy uh, this year, uh, and we did a tour in Italy, which is fantastic. Took forty-eight people on a eating, drinking tour of um, Milan and Rome, which was unbelievable uh and then because we're situated in the the heart of the finger lakes um we've been doing tours around that. well so this is where, where we are we're right in the middle i mean people don't realize where we where, how cool the east coast is for wine and beer mm-hmm. because um rochester new york where we're based is we have 250 wineries in uh in less than a 65 mile radius Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, 75 uh, distilleries in a 200 mile radius, and we have um, I think it's three out of the, out of the 800 breweries, uh, craft breweries in New York State alone. We have around 200 within an 80 mile radius. How are you making your rounds? <laughs> um, well, I have uh, my good friend Russell, and he drives me, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and to be honest, I. It's it's incredible because the, the funny thing is you can't pick everybody, but what we can do is we can suggest and we can work with certain people, and it's been it's been hard though because the thing is is uh, it, it, you want to you want to highlight so many things, but the other thing is some people are doing the same thing as the other guy, so you want to pick the best person to work with, um, but you also want to promote the area and make people aware of what, what wonderful things are doing in the Finger Lakes and in the Rochester area and which basically they call the, the upstate corridor mm-hmm. um, because we were the sort of like the gateway into um, the Midwest. So we have like the southern tier and then it goes through. But it's been pretty cool. Now, with that part of the country, is there a particular wine or beer and beer that the, that the area is known for? Well, the funny thing is, the biggest brewery in the area is um, the Genesee Brewery, and their their number one beer is the um, called the Red Eye. Yep. Uh, and, but the funny thing is, around here it's the local tipple, and anywhere else it's called a craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like yeah, everyone's drinking at three o'clock in the morning when they're coming out of the club, and somebody else is somebody else is nursing it over their uh, over the cocker van of their uh, hipster evening. So it always makes me giggle. Um, whoever whoever's bought it but there is so many like long young lion um is a great brewery that's just opened up do a fabulous um sort of like german pilsner mm-hmm. um 
and I must sort of emphasize why is there so many why is there so many breweries distilleries and wineries in this area is purely because um the north american wine explosion um that came over from the old country in europe dr frank uh, was the first guy that planted um european vines in north america and uh, so everybody always thinks oh that happened in napa valley it actually happened in on the finger lakes first and then uh the, the brewing comes from there was a lot of breweries up here and it's sort of like the offspring of those of the master brewers and the, the people that have worked at the breweries have then gone off and done something on their own and just stayed local and then with the and then the craft distilling is even more interesting because it's the amalgamation of both it's like well you know what um i'm, a, I'm i've actually graduated from the university of rochester the university of syracuse or cornell in, in um, biochemistry now what do i do and it's like, well, you know what, everyone's doing beer, everyone's doing wine, why don't, I do, why don't I do spirits? And the great thing is the property up here is so cheap, so investment has been very low, and so people can get the get their venture off, you know, off the ground pretty pretty quickly. So it's been, uh, that's the cool thing. But when you're looking at all the beers and everything else like that, there is, uh, there's three head brewers, they're fantastic, they're great stuff, there's Robock. Um they're mainly German pilsners, German Robox. Uh, uh, yeah, German Robox. There's a lot of. Um, uh, there's not a lot of dark beer going on, on which I'd like to see more porters or like yes. stouts and things like that. Yep. But it's um, but you have to go for what sells. Like my friend uh, Jason uh, Burnett, he has the Black Button Distilling, and he's like, he goes, I hate making vodka, but vodka pays the bills. I make a great <laughs> bourbon, but it takes five years to make bourbon, right. like a good bourbon. But, you know, you're talking, it's going to take me, well, it takes me an hour and a half to make the vodka, and it sits, and then I triple distill it, and then a day later it's bottled, and then it's out on the shelf. He goes, that's what that's what pays the bills, and, you know, so you have your passions, and then you've got to balance. And I think that's what happens in the beer world. You figure out what what works and what's, what keeps it turning over. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, I would love to see more, more complex beers happening. I've got to say that. All right. Uh, you're listening to Film Sociology. I'm on the phone with Danny. Well, Danny Boom's actually on the phone. I'm in studio, but you know how that works. But, uh, but yeah, so where can people go to find out more about uh, the Academy? You can go to Um and you can always follow us. Uh, I prefer you, instead of going on the website, become... Get part of the community. Uh, follow me on Facebook or Twitter. No, not Twitter. Twitter's redundant. No one uses Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there's only one idiot in this country that uses Twitter. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting there. Um, you know, so, uh, <laughs> so I would say um, Instagram me at Danny Boom Official or the Gastronauts Academy. Or Facebook us at Gastronauts Academy, or Danny Boom, or Danny Boom Official. Um, there's, become part of the community. We would we love hearing from people about what lessons, or where they want to learn, or what they were, or what they've seen, or what they want to do. And everything we're doing with from Gotham Steel to Gastronauts Academy to um, even my uh, my Daddy Daycare blog that I'm doing as a stay-at-home dad during the day is is on there. So um, it's been, you know, it's, it's nicer to connect with people than just to see what we're doing. It's like you know, be part of it. That's right. what I'd rather you do. So speaking of the blog, so what have, what have you learned uh, the second time around? Oh, God. Um, I was really uptight the first time around. That's what I <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you can eat that off the floor. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, play with knives. They're fun. Um, yeah, just don't eat the glass. Spit it out. Right. Um, it, yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, it's been a, a, a very funny year. It's the fastest year of my life. I got to say that. Megan and I, are, are, you know, we started a business. We had a baby, moved into a house, all in the same month. Oof. And then, um, and then you sort of you, you you're on this incline of um, panic, and then the roller coaster just just let go. And before we even blinked, um, Megan had gone back to work. Theo is six months and. It's like, where did that all go? And then a year's gone by, and it's like, wow. And um, the, the thing is, I think we, you, the, thing, the biggest thing as a parent when you have the second child is, A, there's a guilt factor that you don't spend enough time with the second child because the first child is mobile, running around, got school, got to, and, and you've got to keep on top of that. Right. But then 
you've got this slither of time when you do the school pickup or whatever is to actually, you know, focus on him uh, or her and, and, and make sure that they're getting the attention and the development that they need. So, um, you know, both of us realized that, and that's been a bit of a challenge. But I would say that we were we were really a lot more relaxed the second time. I mean, my mum and dad said that this is what exactly how they were. My sure. mum was a mama bear. Megan was a mama bear. You know, the first time round, the second time round, it's like, okay, listen, you've got to go to sleep because you wait, you're keeping three of us up, <laughs> you know, and, and so figure it out. Mm-hmm. And by the way, his Sakudo uh, puzzle, could you figure that out too? You know? <laughs> and uh, and and it's kind of funny because he's um, way more independent and he's way more um, advanced, I think, because he's had his brother to follow around. Mm-hmm. And I think most people will say that about the second child. They, you know, they, they pick it up quicker. Because the first child didn't have anyone to follow, so um, but we've we've had a great, a really good and blessed year with him. It's it's been brilliant. Excellent. So um, okay, because of, because of the show, um, what was the last film you watched recently? Ah, right. This is. Oh, I'm glad you brought this up because I forgot. I Just two guys I mean, talking. Well, the last time I was on Martha Stewart radio, I, I we just talked about movies all the time and talking about food. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, we. Um, well, okay. So uh, the hate, the, was it the Hateful Eight? Uh, was the last movie I watched, and that was on Netflix. Oh, okay. I, I yeah, I haven't managed to be gone actually go to the the move the cinema in a year. I Ooh. think I remember that. So, okay. So what I did was this year is I caught up a lot, and I'm I've, and between and I've got to say this, Epics. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's on your cable plan, yep. but Epics is fantastic with their original programming. Yep. So we got into Get Shorty and Berlin Station, and those shows are I, 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 they've managed to make it contagious. Mm-hmm. Like you just you're rooting for the guy, you want to come back every time, and I think guys of or people in our situation um, with young children have started have used so you use Netflix more or Hulu or uh, Amazon Prime or whatever more because you can actually I'm actually realizing that I'm watching movies like and, and shows like a book, sure, and I, I go by the chapter and and pick it up. So if I have twenty minutes, I'll I'll flick on you know uh, cowboys shooting each other while uh, Theo's sleeping in my arms with a milk bottle because you know he doesn't know um, you know, first year I, you can watch anything the first year the kid's not going to notice anything not at all not at all yeah but um, so yeah so we got really into so I've been able to pick up a lot I mean Doctor Strange but the cool thing is the movies now within if you missed it at the beginning of the year by middle of the year they're on Netflix so right. um, so it's been good in that respect so so you got through the hateful aid in one sitting uh, no <laughs> um, yep yeah, okay yeah I, I mean look, look listen this is my life right now, Matt, I, and I've got to be honest. And your, and your listeners are going to hopefully be understanding and relating. But like, I, I, I deliberately stay up late yep. so I can have an hour to myself so I can watch a show. Yep. If, if I'm going to pick something up, so like we, I really got into Mind Hunters. I don't know if, if anybody uh, no has it. seen that on Netflix. Oh my god, it's just the most amazing thing um, of criminal, like of um, how forensics. Not well. Criminal, criminal forensic science mm-hmm. became profiling and, and and tracking serial killers. I thought that was like wow, brilliant. Um, and then I tried to get into Stranger Things, and I'm like, mm, yeah, um, you know, they made a movie about that, and it was called uh, Super Eight. And mm-hmm. now you, you're ripping it off as a TV show. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and that was enough as a TV as, as a movie. You don't need to make a TV show of it because it's got no legs. Yeah, like, I love Super Eight. Yeah, but where, do, but where do you go after the second season of um, Stranger Things? I Nowhere. Don't. Uh, yeah. So, um, so there's been that. Um, oh, great movie I did watch was Warm War Machine with Brad Pitt. Oh, really? Okay, I missed that one. Yeah. Now that was. I mean, it's the same guy that he. Um, what did they do? They, they do all these sort of like satirical political movies, don't they? And um, but this was about a general who's, who's going into Afghanistan to clean it up, right? And um, and it was a funny that the character that he played, but the story is is so complex and but so dark and funny um, about how 
like the power game of being a general. Like, mm-hmm. give me a job, let me get let me get the job done. But the politicians never want you to get the job done. Yeah, right. It's kind of funny, you know. So that was fantastic. Actually, a da- um, it's a David Meekod who also did um, The Rover and everyone's favorite Australian crime drama, Animal Kingdom. Right. So there, there's that. So yeah, that's be on yeah. the lookout. That's available on on the on the telly. And the other one that I saw was, uh, which I thought was just brilliant, um, Matthew McConaughey. Is it McC- how do you pronounce his name? Matthew McConaughey. M- McConaughey. Yeah. McConaughey. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. You got the accent. You're all right. Okay, yeah. Well, we we never know, you know, (laughs) us foreigners, we never know how to say his name. Um, But what I did say is his movie Gold. Yeah. Which was, I thought was, why did that slip through the cracks? Well, I... It was a brilliant movie. Actually, I think I know because the studio that I'm going to double check because there was... The studio that put out Gold, I think, put all of their basket, their eggs in one basket for... um, um, oh, geez. <sighs> I'm terrible. It was the, the film that Nicole Kidman did where the kid was left in India. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Lion. 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 Sorry. Yeah, I think Lion. it was the same studio, and they decided to put uh, they decided to push Lion as opposed to Gold. And I understand to a certain degree why Gold is, I mean, it, yes, there's a, it's a uh, not glamorous Matthew McConaughey role kind of on a, on a, on a mission to, uh, almost, to basically lost treasure. And uh, probably probably not the most uplifting tale compared to something like Lion is is, is my guess. Hoax. That was the greatest thing about the whole movie. Yep. It was a hoax, and mm-hmm. it was like, wow. And Matthew McConaughey, he, he well, he transformed himself. He, yes, he, look, he got overweight, and uh, he played the character great um, of a of a of a prospector that had basically lost everything, had everything, then lost everything as most prospectors do. Yep. And um, and then to, to you know on a whim and on a belief that he. I'm gonna go find this, and he, and he well, his partner in crime told him he found it, and uh, they they raised. Apparently, it's supposed to be the story of the biggest gold find of a generation, mm-hmm. um, and it was a hoax, and he didn't know, and it was it's brilliant. It's, it's just a brilliant, brilliant movie, and he plays. And the greatest thing is they they say it in the movie. They describe him as um, a crazy a crazy drunk raccoon is running the business. So yep. if you can imagine that. That's the movie you want to go watch. Exactly. Hey, uh, going back, did did you like Hateful Eight? Um, I, I, you know, we are now. You know, this is very interesting. We had this discussion last night over dinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tarantino kind of lost it. I think. I think he's he he had uh, Inglorious Bastards was an amazing movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was a really good story, really good characters, um, and it had a really good payoff. Okay, because it was like you really wanted that to happen. Um. In the hate, I, I, I seriously, it's like everyone dies. What, what is this with this guy? Like, can we just have some payoff? Like, can we have someone riding up into the sunset? Can we have? Um, it was a deeply emotional movie as well because there's a point in the movie where they. Um, so, let me set the scene for you guys. Is there's a Daisy Donoghue is going to be t- is being taken to the the gallows in Red Rock by uh, John Ruth, the Hangman, the Bounty Hunter, and. They uh, get a stagecoach. They go through the Wyoming plains. It's snowing. It's crappy. They go, they've been they've been ch- uh, chased by a blizzard. They get into um, Miss Minnie's haberdashery, which is a uh, uh, like a, a stagecoach uh, stop. And they walk in, and there are these five uh, five strangers. And before they get to that point, there's a, obviously a story before that. And unfortunately, that there's, there's the stagecoach before them, these guys were on, and they killed everybody in there. And for me, that was the really emotional part. Everything else was like, I, I don't really where this story's going. I don't know what's 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 happening here. But when they got to that point where Minnie and Sweet, uh, what's his name, Sweet George or whatever his bloody name was, or and uh, the stagecoach hands and everybody, but nobody had to die, but they got they killed them. Mm-hmm. And you felt this real deep, sincere lot feeling of loss. Because you kind of knew not what was going to happen, but you hoped it wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, they tidied everything up, threw everybody down the well, and it's like, God, that's not a nice way to go. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was a – it was a, a, a mixed bag of emotions, to be honest, for me. Okay. I, thought, I thought it – and cinematically, it was beautiful, though. Yes. Do you think Do you think your tastes have changed since you've become a dad? Oh, um, 
Well, no, yes and no. Okay. It's funny, you know. Yeah, yes and no. I think um, I think when you become a parent of younger children, I think you become you, you're less. I, I used to be very desensitized, um, uh, but now I'm very. I think I'm uh, my sensitivity levels up a little bit. That's a very good question. But um, we watched a show uh, you can see on Netflix as well called uh, Broadchurch, which was a, an ITV drama from the UK, and it's it, it, it's, it's about a, a boy that goes missing and they find him dead and, he, and, he, and he murdered. And I think I've never cried that mm. much in the in anything. I've never cried that much ever. Um, and because you, you immediately like, you just, could you imagine losing your kid? Yeah, that's and, you know, it's like you just couldn't and. That, that I mean, I'm finding that what I'm finding with movies now, I don't know if it's because I'm 41 and I'm, I'm a bit more experienced in the world and a bit more compassionate or a little bit more uh, aware of, of the world, but you, um, you really, really, really do. I think programming now is very in tune to you and mm. how to strike those chords because they know that experience has to, has to uh, and nostalgia has to prick you. So you keep watching, mm-hmm. and that's—I think it's been done more now in the last five years than I've ever seen, ever realized anything. Like, yeah, I think there's been a combination of, and it's funny that you mentioned Super Eight because that's a—I think that's a, a lovely nostalgia piece. But it's even in something like the franchises that have been rebooted, that you get a combination of something old that the reason why we liked it in the first place, and then a, something new of a of a, of a, of a one one twister form. Another mm-hmm. form of twist, just to, so it's not a complete rehash. Uh, and I, you know that it's funny you said that because when you talk about what they've done with the franchises, Rogue One, which I saw this, did you? Was that out this year? That was last year. That was last year. It was last year. So yep. Rogue, so Rogue One, I caught that, and I we've it's it's kind of funny because you sit around talking about movies, don't you? Like we're doing, and then mm-hmm. it's like, thank God they did that that movie because yep. it was like it's it. it it stitched a part of something of like, well, uh, yeah, what were they running from and how did they get there? And everything. But the, the whole story of that was fantastic. The characters, everything was so well done. And it brought you back to the beginning. It, it led you right to the beginning of how Star Wars happened. And it was like, wow, that that to me, you know, and we've been, what, that franchise has been around as long as you and 40 I. 40 years, yeah. Yeah. So to come full circle, but still be given the same um, excitement and uh, punch the air moments and and also the, the the point of like you feel for the characters a little bit but mm-hmm. as an adult not a kid I think that is really clever yeah and I think that's that's testament to how well something's done so yeah totally okay the last film you and Megan got to see as a couple date night oh oh um well, a lot of our date nights are on the couch at the moment. But that's um, fine. That's fine. That, yeah, that'll work. I was going to say. So, what did we watch last? Um, that's a really good question. Oh, you know, I'm, I'd even have to go shout and ask her because the thing is, it's we. Just, oh God, Matt, you do this to me every time. <laughs> I now I'm stuck. I, go get her. Go get her. Hey, let, hang on. I, 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 hang on. You're going to love this view. Yep. So, listeners, you're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. I'm on the. Danny Boom is hanging out with me. It's our. You got her. Uh, yeah. Hang on. Bye. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. What What was the last movie we watched together that we'd never seen before? Like, what was the freshness? I I forgot. It was like. No, no, here on the couch. Because we haven't been out in forever, so when would that be? He's, he's dying. People are, are literally <laughs> crashing cars in Indianapolis right now, <laughs> laughing at it. This is awesome. Brad Pitt in Paris? Oh, Allied. Allied. Yes, Allied. Yeah, Allied. Yes, yes. This, this is, we just nailed it. Yes. Is she, yes. wait, is she, how close is she? Her? Yeah, put her on. on. Yeah, put her on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Maggie. Matt's just going to tell us something. Hang on. Yeah, there you go. We're, we're live. <laughs> Matt? Yes. Oh. Hello? Hello. Oh, sorry. I had you on speaker there. Yes. So hang on. We can't hear you because I can't hear you through the speakerphone for some reason. Okay. Hang on one second. All right. 
Oh, that's why. Yeah. Hello? Press the volume button. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes, dear. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have the volume button up. <laughs> Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? At last we finally speak. So you should just come and watch Red Wings games with me. I know, I know. It's kind of sad that I'm the only one that's a fan in the house here. So it, It's like Romeo, the Romeo and Juliet of hockey. It is. It is. <laughs> Although I have another little little uh, one that I can convert. So No, I told him already that. <laughs> anyway, we were just talking about day night. So Allied was the last. Allied. So you two, yeah. Yeah, you two yeah. got to look at Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard. That's not bad for date night. Well, actually, it was like looking in the mirror, wasn't it? <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, did you enjoy it? Um, yeah, it was all right. I mean, it was deep. Yeah, it was Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Brad Pitt. Okay. Yeah. So but this one, it had passed. So we spend many a night trying to figure out what to watch, and this particular movie had come up a few times and he's like let's just watch it let's just watch it i'm like i don't want anything heavy i want something fun and so this particular movie popped up like three or four times and i just gave in so a lightweight film about possibly murdering your wife because she might be a spy yeah well we live that every day in this house you just have jared harris coming over and saying stuff to you yeah, I, I, you know, I sometimes think she's just. I'm gonna wake up with a pillow over my head. So I'm pretty lucky that you know. Uh, lucky you don't sleep so much. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Me, right. me and Matt are going back upstairs to talk, babe. I love you. Oh, okay. Take care, my dear. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> that could have got messy, Matt. I had to get away from that pretty quickly. It's film sociology, not the newlywed game. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right, we got we have about about 8 minutes left and I I knew I, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is a show that occasionally does requests and I I heard Danny talk about this online. Danny, would you please share with it with the crowd your last trip to the doctor? Oh, oh. <laughs> you posted it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just um if people are eating turkey, they don't want to hear about anything. So. All right, you've been but, warned. Uh, you're right. So, okay, so this is a true story um, about a minor, lebra- minor celebrity, um, me. Um, so, okay, so I'm at the, so for uh, Movember, um, I was asked to post an embarrassing story about um, having, well, checking yourself and having your, che- your prostate checked or checking for lumps down below um, for testicular cancer. So this is a true story, and I, <laughs> I and I, if any guys are listening, listen. There's nothing worse, more worse in the world right now, is if you discover that you're you're ill and you didn't know you're ill. So the best the best thing is you go get it checked. Everybody poops. Everybody does. You know, we all we're all human. We all have the same issues. So the biggest thing is go to the doctor, get yourself checked out. And this is my story. Here we go. And this is the point of it. Nothing is going to be more embarrassing than what happened to me. So I go to my uh, my doctor, and um, I'm sitting there with my with the nurse, and she's giving me the sort of the orientation, and we're you know talking, taking my blood pressure and everything like that. And she says, "Boom, boom, boom. Hey, are you uh, are you a chef?" And I said, "Yes." Did you used to be on the TV? And I went, "Yes." I'm, well, I'm still on the TV, but thanks. Um, I said, yeah, I, you know, she goes, I know you from Food Network, right? And I went, yeah. And this is the best thing about foodies. Foodies know, know you. It doesn't matter if you've not been on the TV or written a book or anything in 30 years. They'll still know you. They know where you're from. So she's grilling me about, you know, what, what am I doing in, living in Rochester, blah, blah, blah. And, and are you still doing shows? And are you cooking? And everything. We're having a great time. So anyway, she, she leaves the, the room, and we've had a really nice chat. And the next minute, the doctor comes in, and um, I get into the position for the examination. And uh, the, the glove goes snap, and um, he, he – how can I put this over the radio? He, he begins – Does his, his job. Uh, his, his job, yeah, yeah. And it's very invasive, and it's like, oh. Anyway, so he's, he's filling around, and all of a sudden he says, so I hear you're a chef. <laughs> And I went, yeah, he goes, you see you're on TV? I went, sometimes, yeah. And he went, great. And he goes, hey, would you mind doing our catering for our Christmas party? <laughs> and I'm like, 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm, seriously, I'm, I'm in the... Uh, Will you I'm clench if I don't? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in the snap position. So I'm, 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 um, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, well, yeah, anyway. And, and it gets more uncomfortable and less uncomfortable. And, 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 then, and, we, and he withdraws himself uh, from, from me. And, um, and then the next... So I'm like, oh, wow. Anyway, so I... Uh, we, we, you know, we, we finish our conversation, he leaves the room, and I get dressed, and I'm walking out. And the next minute, like the soul train, there are um, 12 nurses <laughs> with, my, with my picture, and they all would like an autograph. And I'm walking like John Wayne through the hallway of, um, of the doctor's surgery, and, um, and lo and behold, each one of them wanted my, my autograph. And it's like... And so I said in this video, and if it's the truth of all, listen, after the most invasive thing that you've ever had, I'm 41, my first prostate check, um, it, it's not the greatest feeling in the world uh, to, to have it done, but at least it was done. I'm healthy, and you know that you do it once every five years, and you, you stay on your health track. It's better to know that you're healthy than and one day having a big surprise knowing that you've got five minutes to live and a little bit embarrassment you won't ever have 12 nurses line up like the soul train asking for your you know what i mean literally asking for your autograph and and, and giving me a go danny go danny and walking down the down the corridor you know like john wayne so just think yourself lucky on that respect knowing my luck i'll have three <laughs> what fingers or <laughs> Nurses, smart guy. <laughs> you know, and then they tell you, you know, especially. All right, I'm going to word this carefully because we got about three minutes left. Is he asking you questions while earning his paycheck? Yes. Can yes, you can you formulate funny. and you, you're able to formulate words? Yeah, well, um, look, I'm a trooper. I'm a trooper, so I, you know, I just stuck with it. It's, I mean, it's not like you're going to the dentist, right? And, and your mouth is full of cotton and and, uh, and sure. the, the the drill and everything. Like you can speak, you, you can speak, but um, I apparently, you know, I could have joined the Vienna Boys Choir at the same time, you know. So it was, uh, you know, oh uh, yeah. So, oh, oh, so oh. did you get the catering gig? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, but the cheeky thing is, he asked me to wash my hands afterwards. Well, <laughs> cheeky, that's good. I see what you did. There. Okay, so so do you do you know the film Marathon Man? Yeah. So so he did. So I would say at least at that moment he could he wasn't continually asking you if it's safe. Exactly. Well, I, I did say I had a safe word. It's pineapple. So you know. <laughs> but, but. I th I thought the safe word was. Ah, 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 ah. No, 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 no. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Too Much Information Radio here. I'm uh, Matthew Sosie hanging out with Danny Boom. Danny, we've just got a, about a minute or so left. Remind people, where can they go to find you so they, they can find out more information besides um, what we just shared? We got, well, you, there's always too much I think we could share. But yep. um, in this day and age, why don't you come join um, the Danny Boom community if you would like recipes or you'd like to learn how to cook, barista brew or even do a little bit of farming at the gastronauts academy join our community on facebook or on instagram um also you can just follow me as danny boom official because i'm a wacky guy apparently um and uh, there's more embarrassing stories to come and if matt wanted to ring me up next week i'd love to tell you the story of um the me i call it the tally ho story where um i got in trouble at a fox hunt very very funny but anyway um it's 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 really good doing this every year and being part of it, and it's a great tradition because you know what, Soshi, you're doing a great job, my man, and it's uh, it's always nice to have a chat with you and and talk about all these wonderful things that we're doing. Thanks, Danny. It's always good to have you here, and uh, give my best to the family. We will, and uh, you know, I only let Megan out now and then, so for her to do that conversation, uh, you know, it's a big deal for her. And hopefully she won't get too starstruck now she's done that with you. Oh no, I'm going to get her on eventually on on, on her own. It's a uh, that's oh, a it's oh, a quest. Don't, that could be the end of me. Uh, no, it's yeah. fine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> some words to live by. Uh, Soylent Green is people. Zardas has spoken. Don't forget um, Coco and the Man Who Invented Christmas both opening in theaters this week. Go check them out for the holiday season. Both recommended Coco more than the Man Who Invented Christmas, or as we like to call it, uh, Charles Dickens in Love. So until next time, go see a good movie. You deserve.
deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Bye. I can't believe you've let her watch Manoff. <laughs> Is she scarred for life? Let's put it this way. What parent are you? <laughs> When I wake her up, I vocalize the theme to wake her up to get her ready to school. Oh, you're a terrible father. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll We'll do it live!